last week's episode um, you really ought to do that when all hell breaks loose folks uh, for a lot of people they are struggling right now and everything's coming apart everything in this world uh, God has though a specific remedy lined out in his scripture and he has an answer to whatever your problem is and uh, folks I find so often in the darkest of moments God brings the greatest of clarity if you trust him And so tonight we're going to trust this episode to the Lord by opening it up with a word of prayer. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua, Jesus, we thank you for the blessings that you give. And I ask, Lord, that tonight's show would honor you. It would bless you, Lord, because it would be according to your heart. Lord, forgive me of my sins and failures, my hypocrisy or pride or anything I've ever done to offend you, Lord. I repent of it in the name of Jesus. And ask that you would cleanse me of it, Lord. I ask tonight that this be wholly dedicated unto everything that is of God and that no flesh be allowed to be in here. I ask this in the name above every name, Jesus. Amen. Folks, glad you're here. Thank you all for those who have prayed. Bless, support this ministry. Uh, The Remnant Call, we're not huge, but we try to stick to one thing, and that's the truth. And that is always sticking to the truth. I don't have all the truth, but I stick to what I believe God in his word wants me to know and understand. And folks, the truth is about seeing it in the word of God and then following in your life, even when it contradicts what you believe. We must follow the scriptures above our own beliefs. And on another note, folks, be careful, though, before you formulate a doctrine that you test it in the scripture thoroughly, not just from one point of view, but actually look through the entire counsel of God. Folks, be careful when reading commentaries, because commentaries are simply people's comments on the word of God. They may be great in helping you to see something you didn't see. They may be wonderful in opening up some contextual uh, understanding and in looking up the original language. That's all wonderful. But commentaries are people's thoughts and opinions. It's not the word of God. The word of God is given clarity by the spirit of the living God. And that's what we do. We pray and we say, Father, in your mighty name, may you through the power of your spirit Give me understanding and wisdom and insight and knowledge so that we may see clearly in these days, folks. And the Lord is faithful. He loves somebody that diligently seeks him out and wants to know his truths. God enjoys that. He enjoys seeing your tenacity and your desire to know him greater and better. And folks, that's what we've got to do. And it's uh, unfortunately at times we're looking here as many of us being believers for many years now. I'm going on uh, about 20 years this coming March since my conversion. And sometimes we look back and you're like, hey, I've lost my first love. And folks, many out there... We all need to find at times our first love. I don't care how hot your faith has been at times. You will have times when you're on top of the mountain slaying the prophets of Baal, right? And you'll have other times when you're down in the valley crying just like Elijah 
for the Lord to take your life because you feel like there's nobody else. Running scared from Jezebel. But the truth is, God doesn't give up. And even though Elijah's on top one moment, he's down in the valley the next. Keep reading 2 Kings chapter 2. He goes back up on top of the mountain. He calls down fire again. Folks, the Lord will not leave you in your valley, but sometimes it's in the valley of the shadow of darkness. If you look at Psalms 23, that's where you find the table the Lord has set with oil and a fresh anointing in the midst of your your enemies, God has a powerful anointing for you, brother and sister. So don't run from the darkness at times in your lives when you feel like everything's going away. Folks, sometimes in those hours when you're being tested and tried, that's when the Lord brings about a radical transformation in your life. So keep moving forward, folks. We actually escape these times and hours by seeking the Lord, but he allows a process to happen. And that's where we come to tonight's message, born in the fire, part one. This is the part about your radical faith, born in the fire. You know, I love that scripture, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen. And so many of us love to quote that scripture. We've heard it quoted uh, so often. We love the verse because of the power that is contained within it. It's a verse we often share with others in their times of crisis to remind them that God ultimately has everything under control. But let's remove the other person or those whom we may have used this verse to encourage. And I want you, brother and sister, to put yourself right there. Because this message is actually for each one of us. And I want you to ask yourself this. Do all things truly work together for good to them that love God? To them who are called according to his purpose? You see, it's so easy to comfort others. It's so easy to give that word of advice to somebody else. It's so easy to share this with a person who's in that trial. But often what happens when it happens to us is we forget the very thing that we share with other people. And when you now put yourself in that situation and you take an honest look at that, you wonder, hmm. Am I really believing that all things are going to work together for good? Do you really believe that? What about when your finances aren't cutting it anymore? And it comes time to paying your tithe and you're looking like, and folks, listen, if you've heard me through the years, I believe in paying tithe. If you want to write me and tell me that tithe is Old Testament, then just don't send it to me because you'll waste your time. You always give back what belongs to God. I don't care who you are. It's his. He deserves it, and he wants us to give it to him lovingly. But there comes times when we look at our our finances, and we know that, hey, you know what? We've committed that, God, you're going to get 10% of my tithe, and you know what? I'm going to also have some offerings outside of that. And and you look at the finances, and, and it doesn't look like you can make it, and, and we're wondering, is God's tithe still matter 
even when your finances don't have enough to support it. Folks, I believe it does. But how about this? What about when you're sick? What about like I just experienced my wife? What about when you hear that there's a mass that happened with my wife? And you don't see the healing coming right away. Now, thank God we had a blessing, but we went through some trial and some and some some trauma leading up to this point. What happens when you don't see that healing right away when you've prayed and said, God, take it away, and it hasn't gone? Is it still working together for good? What about when you're at work and your boss won't stop giving you a hard time or even or even harder? What about when you lose that loved one who you've been so close to? Or maybe that person you've been praying for a miracle for and it hasn't happened. See, it's not always easy. I, I know that. But I want to talk to you about what it means to be born in the fire. Because being born in the fire can produce, folks, some radical faith. A kind of faith that even in the face of adversity stands firm in the truth, even when the answers don't come the way that you want them to. You see, so often we pray and we instruct God on how to answer, and then when we don't see it our way, we feel that one, our faith is not strong enough, two, we're just not good enough in his eyes to have our prayers answered, or three, God doesn't love us or hear our prayers anymore. But the truth may be that maybe God doesn't need to bend to what you tell him to do. He may have a different plan for each one of us, but often we like to instruct him on how he is to answer our prayers. And when we don't get it his way, we're devastated. You see, radical faith that is born in the fire, folks, it takes God at his word. See, Hebrews 11.6 is a wonderful verse. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, when one has been born in the fire, and they read Romans 11.6, they read that verse like this. God, you are who you say you are. And that is okay with me. You see, for without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Folks, when we believe in God, and radical faith kicks in, that kind of faith that comes through testing and trial, it says, God, it doesn't matter. You are who you say you are, and I'm going to take you at your word, not at what I want but at what you desire for me. And I want to look at a few examples in the scripture of some powerful examples of faith that is born in the fire and faith that is, has come out of some different hardships and some, some tough times. And I want to look at Paul and Silas in the prison. And, and you know this very well. I'm going to read a few verses here, folks, because I want you to hear this story. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her own owners much gain for fortune telling. 
She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope and gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave order to beat them with rods. And when they had afflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Now here Paul has done nothing wrong. He simply, there's a woman who's possessed, who's this devil is trying to torment Paul. Everything's going out. He calls that devil out of her, delivers this woman. It's a magnificent miracle that's happened before all these people. They've seen what's happened and God has worked something incredible. And instead of people being thankful for what had happened, they want to now beat and kill them and stick them ultimately in prison is what they did because of their doing a good deed. And instead of them saying, look what God has done, they were angry because what they had done had took away from them making money in their city. You see, folks, sometimes when we stand for what's right, it can affect other people's gain. It can affect other people's lives. And trial comes along with that. And Paul was there and 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 he you know he he's in a tr- a tough spot at what's going on right there and you're wondering he's he's human you got to remember folks he's human and he's in prison he's wondering you know probably lord why i don't understand this i did something you know to glorify you this was horrible what was going on i deliver and now they beat me and and they throw me in prison and you, and paul's got to be wondering lord what what's this about I don't understand why I'm going through this this fiery trial of what's happening here. Well, the truth was, folks, God had a plan. You see, continuing on in the scripture in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. See, here they are. They've been beaten. They've been thrown into jail. They did what was right. They were accused of tearing the city apart when all they were doing was bringing healing. Now they're in prison. It looks like things are over for them, and instead of sitting there and sulking and woe is me, they're singing hymns and seeking the Lord through worship. You see, folks, so often you get in that dark place. It's so difficult. But, folks, I'm telling you, if you're in a dark place and you feel like you're in the midst of the fire, folks, whatever it takes, reach down, pray, dig for that deep part within you and worship the Lord. Folks, begin to sing songs, godly music, seeking the Lord. Folks, I often tell people, turn that ungodly Christian music off, that's new wave stuff that's out there. Folks, turn on some old-fashioned, biblical, God-blessed, 
blessed hymns with powerful words of deliverance in them. And watch what God does through sacred music in your lives because sacred music drives out the devil. And if sacred music drives out the devil, because we saw that happen when King David would play the harp before, uh, well, David, before he was king, before Saul, and it would drive the demons out. We know that if godly music drives it out, then ungodly music folks will call the devils in. And when when he began to worship and sing about the Lord and they didn't understand what was going to happen. Paul didn't go into prison knowing that he was going to be radically delivered. All Paul knows is he's in the midst of the fire of tribulation right now and judgment because he simply delivered a woman from a demonic spirit. That's all. And then he did that. They stripped, tore their garments off, and then got beaten for what they did. And now he is worshiping the Lord in prison after being beaten. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself. For we are all here, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your households. So here, Paul he doesn't understand what's going on. He's in the midst of tribulation, but he begins to worship when in the middle of his darkest hour and the whole time God had been planning to send Paul to prison so that he could bring salvation to the jailers. And right before the jailer took his life, he found out who Jesus Christ was. You see, we have several people here in the midst of crisis. We have Paul and Silas. We have the jailers in crisis. And in the midst of their crisis, salvation comes to them. Folks, if you could only see what God was going to do in the future, you would look at your current tribulation with joy, knowing that what's coming is going to blow your mind. You see, folks, battle-tried Christians make wonderful soldiers, but weak, pew-warming, constantly complaining so-called believers are worthless to the kingdom of God. And here, Paul was being used in Silas by the Lord in order to bring salvation to those who would look unsavable in the jail. And God worked an amazing miracle. And it said that he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he baptized at once he and his family and was baptized at once, he and his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Wow, what a powerful story. Paul's faith that night, folks, was born in the fire. 
Folks, there were times when Paul was showing great things of faith, but there were other times when even Paul had his struggles in life. And through his life, there were times when God had to remind him who he was and that all things were truly working together for good to them that are called. See, Paul was understanding that the words that he was called to actually speak were literally true and that he could trust them. And if God is God, folks, then that means we are not God. See, I want you to understand this. So often when we try to put our own will into God's, uh, into God's mind and into his will, we, we, tr- we, we forget that God is actually God and that we are not. Paul learned that night that God's plan was greater than what Paul could ever imagine. And we need to understand that we are not God. And if we are not God, then our radical faith at that moment can finally recognize his majesty and his glory, even when it doesn't look like it. It also recognizes his authority over our lives. You see, when we don't take God for who he says he is, then often we are not willing to surrender our lives to God because we only like to say he is God. But to actually let him rule over our lives is hard because we're only acknowledging he is God with our lips, but often our hearts are far from him and his authority. Many, many believers do not think that we need to follow what the Lord says to do. I'm simply just going to believe in faith. Well, folks, you can't say that you believe in faith because if you believe in faith and then you don't do the one who asks you to do, then you're saying you believe in faith is an absolute lie. Because if I tell somebody that someone says to me that, hey, you need to not do this so you can save your life. And I then continue to do that, and but I keep telling them, hey, I believe you. My actions say that I do not actually believe that person. And the Lord says, if you love me, keep my commandments, because the things God asks us to do are good for our health and good for those around us. Acknowledging God and who he is and accepting his authority allows us to accept situations we don't always see the outcome to. Let's look a little farther. When you read the Bible, do you read to correct God's word? What I'm saying is when you read the Bible to correct your theology or to to make it prove your theology or to prove your lifestyle, or do you actually read the word to have the word actually correct your theology and correct your lifestyle? See, many times you can read to prove or you can read to learn. Let's go a little deeper. When you pray, do you pray to instruct or do you pray to be instructed? You see, when someone's been born in the fire and they have they have come into what I call radical faith. You see, radical faith does not seek to change the will of God to one's desire, but seeks to accept and receive the will of God to conform to his desire. 
So many people are upset and demand and instruct that God deliver them the way they want to be delivered and that God would help them the way that they desire to be helped. But radical faith does not seek to instruct and demand, but radical faith says, I will conform and accept and be transformed, not by my will, but by God's glory. So when you read Romans 8.28, you begin to understand it a little differently. And as one person said, radical faith does not believe that all things are good, but that all things, good and bad, ultimately issue in our good and God's glory. Amen. Radical faith goes beyond the boundaries of reason, folks. See, radical faith believes at times when you cannot actually comprehend what's going on. Radical faith takes a situation like a lost job or injury or cancer or persecution or financial peril or, or the believers look at the situation and they question, why, cannot be, why can't this be answered? They don't understand. It is then that radical faith says that even though I cannot understand, even though I cannot know why, even though I cannot comprehend, I will still continue to believe. It is actually in those moments, folks, radical faith it leads to Paul singing in prison in Acts 16.25, glorying in tribulation in Romans 5.3, choosing affliction over comfort in Hebrews 11.25, and humbly accepting God's will in Philippians 1.12. Radical faith, born in the fire, believes even when we can't see. I shared this story a long time ago with you all, and I want to share it again. Elise was a little girl, my oldest daughter. We were down in South Carolina, and she was in the bed. She was just a young thing. And I went to move her over in the bed, and I didn't see that her little arm was kind of in behind her on the other side. And when I moved her over, I didn't understand that, but I, what I had done at the moment, but I had popped her elbow out of socket and she went ballistic. And as a parent, I, I'm, I just died in my heart. I couldn't believe what I had just done. I, I didn't know if I broke her arm. I didn't know what had happened. And, and so I, I, you know, my wife and I, we grabbed her up and she's just a little baby and I'm an, I'm a new believer, newly converted. And, and so we rush her down to the hospital and we're down in Greenville, South Carolina. My wife is just holding her right across her body sideways. You know, like you'd hold a baby real close in her arms right against my wife. And she's just keeping pressure kind of against it and holding her like that. And so we go down to the hospital and they bring her over there and the nurse comes over and she tries to just touch my daughter's arm and she's like and she just lets out this this bloody scream and everything like that and and they said they believed that she had what was called nursemaid's elbow um 
And so they were like, we're going to have to get the doctor over here. It's dislocated out of there. And it was really bad. And, and so she was in terrible pain. And my wife never let her budge or move for, I think it was an hour and some. And folks, I sat there in that emergency room devastated that I had just wounded my youngest or my only daughter at the time. And, and I was just didn't know what to do. And I was crying and praying. And I'm like, God, please heal this girl. I can't believe I couldn't understand what had happened right then. I was so devastated. And I prayed and I wept and I prayed and I wept. And I was just pouring my heart out uncontrollably to the Lord. And I remember we were there and my poor daughter for an hour and some than my wife and finally the doctor comes over and you couldn't even touch her little elbow and the doctor comes over an hour and she reaches down there to touch my daughter and right when she goes to touch her all of a sudden she stopped crying now my wife had never even moved her and the doctor grabs her arm and she says there's nothing wrong with that she's fine and i was like I said, God just healed her. I couldn't believe it. I start, I was I was like, oh my, I can't believe what just happened. I, said, I started telling the doctor, I said, the Lord just healed my daughter right here. I just saw it. It was unbelievable. Because they were like, if she had what they thought, they were going to have to take her arm and turn it and bend it and around this crazy direction to get it to go back in. And, and right in front of the doctor, right there, the Lord healed my daughter. It was miraculous and unbelievable. And in that moment in the fire when I couldn't see, I couldn't understand what was going on. And I wept and I cried and I sought the Lord with all of my heart. That night he taught me a lesson that no matter how hard the situation is, that he is able to do wonderful things. That night I learned that no matter what I had done wrong, God could make it right. And that night I saw the Lord work a powerful miracle and I saw him do it again with tubes in her ears when he miraculously healed her ears in front of the doctor. It was unbelievable. And I watched my God do what I could not understand. Radical faith is born in the fire. And folks, many of you are in the fire right now. But it's in the fire. That's when we have to worship. We have to pray. We have to sing and praise the Lord even when it feels like all hell is breaking loose. Right now, folks, this message is for me tonight. I've got a lot of struggles with work and choices and decisions to make that are bigger than I can make. They're beyond my comprehension. It is something that I cannot do in my wisdom. And I need God to come through. But I have to rely upon what I've seen him do in the years to know that, Frank, even though you don't see the answer at this moment, you will see it because he who is faithful has never, ever let you down. Folks, God will not let you down. But sometimes he takes a while before he answers. And with me, it's usually at the last moment that I've learned through the years he always comes through. I want to encourage you tonight, brother and sister. Keep fighting. Keep seeking the Lord. Even when you feel down, remember, worship. Worship him. Praise him. Tell him how wonderful he is. 
because he is worthy of all of our praise. And watch him do what you could never imagine. This is Brother Frank in the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.